you found us. We were just trying to steal away a few moments in the treehouse here. Uh, but welcome, Northgate. Welcome to Sunday service. And we're excited you're here. Wish we could fit you all in the tree fort with us, but we'll be with you today online. Today we have the joy of hearing the Connors in worship, then some announcements, and then Caleb is going to be teaching us uh, in the book of Philippians. So we're excited for what the Lord has for us this morning. I want to encourage you, after you've watched the video, if it's before 10.30 a.m., join us on Zoom. Northgate has sent out an announcement with the ID and password. We'd love to see your face. Our idea is that you will hear the teaching on this video, then we'll worship a bit on Zoom, pray together, and fellowship in breakout rooms. Truly, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it.
darkness You're the only right among the wrong You're the only hope among the chaos You are the voice that calls me on Louder than every lie My sword in every fight The truth will chase away the night Your name is power over darkness Freedom for the captives Mercy for the broken and the hopeless Your name is faithful in the battle Glory in the struggle Well, wasn't that a great time of worship? It's time for announcements. Well, what do the three of us have in common on this couch? Obviously, we all have mustaches. But we also all have laptop computers. But these two intelligent fellows are doing schoolwork, and I'm thinking about Zoom Church. I'm thinking about Zoom Youth Group, Zoom Kids Ministry, and Zoom Home Groups. If you're not a part of one, or you haven't reached out, we'd love for you to be a part of one. For your kids, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. For you adults during the week, whether it's Sunday night, Wednesday night, or Thursday night, we have a group for you. So why don't you just join us, send out an email, and we'll get you involved so we can fellowship and grow together. Another announcement is we always send out our midweek encouragement. This week, Amy did a great job. We're looking to do simple, practical discipleship teachings that you can grow in and that you can also share with people on social media that they can grow as well. We're trying to use technology to be proactive in discipleship. Would you join us? Now we're looking forward to the message, so let's pray that God will open our ears and soften our hearts as Caleb is going to teach us. So Lord Jesus... Thank you for this opportunity and this day, your day. We pray that you'll bless the message. May we hear what you want us to hear. May we grow and become more like you. Amen. Hello, friends and family, um, and anyone who might be watching this. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this church service so far. My name is Caleb Schulke, and I am the son of Dan Schulke, um, who is the pastor at North Gate. And I was asked if I would be willing to share um, a teaching on uh, Philippians. And so a little bit about me. I have been for the last three years in an organization called uh, Youth with a Mission, which is uh, the acronym is YWAM. And what this organization is, is a global missions movement, but it also has a high emphasis on discipleship. And so what I do is I have been learning and studying a lot of what the Bible um, has to say, and in my little bit of study, I've been able to also disciple others and to be able to teach in the schools that are run here, helping and, and desiring to equip people with an understanding of who God is from His Word and also how to live that out. And so that's a bit about myself and what I'm doing here in Quebec, um, Canada, but I'm also really excited to share with you guys. So let's just pray. Father, we just... Um, come before you today and thank you, Lord, for um, this amazing day that you've created, God. Uh, we thank you for your word and, and for this book of Philippians, God. I pray that 
we would be able to dive deeper into um, the truths that you have for us today, God, and, and that we'd be able to learn and understand everything you have for us. Amen. So what we're going to be talking about today is Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And a bit of context about Philippians is uh, we read in the book of Acts that Paul visited this church on a second missionary journey um, with Silas. And we know that because what happens in, in this time is Paul and Silas, and it's uh, some believe also Luke because of the change of the of the pronoun um, from I, from they to we. And so we also maybe think that Luke is with them as well, even though it's not entirely certain. But Paul and Silas that we know for sure are have traveled to uh, up in Macedonia and they come to the city of Philippi. Um, and so at Philippi, they go out to this river, um, this, this stream where there are many um, perhaps Jews gathering. And so they meet um, this woman called Lydia and she is what is described as a seller of purple cloth. And so somebody who's in trade and working and she accepts um, the gospel. And, and it says that many different people accepted the gospel um, in that place. And so what happens is there is a, um, a demon-possessed girl and she begins to follow Paul and, and Silas and maybe even Timothy um, and proclaim that these are, uh, these are servants of the Most High God. And, and Paul eventually becomes very annoyed because he cast the demon out of her and she was a uh, possessed with a demon with the ability to tell fortunes. And so her masters were very um, upset at the loss of profit. And so they um, threw Silas and Paul in prison. And, and while they were there, they were singing um, this song or singing hymn, sorry. And the whole prison shakes and, and breaks and, and, and the jailer is there and he almost kills himself, but Paul stops him and says, no, we're all here. And so the result of that is the conversion of this jailer and his whole family to Christ. And so after that, um, Paul leaves and is moved into another place. And so that's a bit about the historical background of what we know in Philippians. Um, maybe a brief overview of the book as well. What we see in chapter one is that uh, Paul is thanking God for this church. There's a special joy he has with this church. Actually, joy is a very um, predominant theme in this book of Philippians. Actually, you'll probably find it over at least 10 times this word joy or rejoice, you'll, um, you'll see it quite a few times. And, and there are actually very little things that Paul has to say negatively about this church in uh, comparatively with the other churches that he writes to. And so we see that this church um, has a really special place in his heart. This church is doing well. Um, and so he begins by talking about his situation. And, and we know the Philippians are concerned because at the end we read of Philippians that they've sent a gift to Paul, it may be a financial gift, to, to help him on his journey. He's very appreciative and, and he wants them to know that he's doing well in his situation. Um, we think Paul is in Rome and so you would know the story of like, um, Paul has been arrested um, for uh, proclaiming the gospel to the Gentiles and the Jews become very upset about that. And we read that in the book of Acts that the Jews demand his um, his death, his, his uh, justice as they would say maybe and so Paul appeals to Caesar. And so what happens is Paul goes to Rome and, and that's where we end this um, book of Acts and I think Acts chapter 22 or, or 23 or four, um, where Paul is in Rome and he is writing, uh, he is allowing people, people are allowed to come and visit him and he is um, writing a lot of letters, we think perhaps in that time as well to different churches. But um, Paul begins by saying that what has happened to him has helped actually advance the gospel and, and so he can take joy in that. And, and he writes about this, this desire to live um, 
as Christ would. And, and he even goes through this like controversy of um, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so we see that it's like this intensity of where Paul is at, where things almost are like, you know, he, he almost desires to, to die in this situation or, or maybe not as openly, but there is that, um, yeah, there is that thought that he has. And so uh, we see then in chapter two that there is this call for unity over the church and the church is called to be unified and, and, and to be like Christ. And Paul does this beautiful hymn um, that is about the, the character of Christ and, and what he did and, and who he is. Um, and then as we continue, we see Paul mentions two characters, Timothy and Aphroditus. Uh, we, think, we think that Epaphroditus, excuse me, was the deliverer of this letter. He's the one who brought the letter as well as the gift. And so um, this church, uh, it, it seems from the text that this church wants Timothy to actually come back. But Paul says, no, I'm going to not send Timothy back right away, but I'm actually going to send back to you Epaphroditus. And he makes this strong case for Epaphroditus saying things like he... Um, he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking uh, his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. We read that in Philippians chapter 2, verse 30. So we see Paul is really desiring them to be united with this, uh, this man, Epaphroditus. And so we continue in chapter 3 with this idea of Paul writing about um, this. He, he gives a warning to the church. He says, look out for those, those dogs, he says, those, those who mutilate the flesh. Um, and, and this idea of maybe intense Judaizers, people who said, oh, you have to be circumcised to keep, uh, to be saved or to be in God's kingdom. And Paul says, look, I've, I've, I've done all the things that the Jews would require, what would be honorable in their sight, but yet I throw that away for um, the desire and, and for the, the relationship that I have with Christ. And so we see Paul is making this very bold um, proclamation that even as he's attained everything that would be um, desirable by the law to attain uh, salvation. He says, I willingly, I count that as, as trash, as garbage for the sake of just knowing Christ and who he is. And, um, and also that it's, it's Christ who will raise him up. And he, and he talks about this in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 21, where he, he talks about pressing on to the goal. We need, our goal is Christ. We strive for Christ. And and we see a lot of this theme of, of going for Christ and continuing in the walk that we have, but, but we also see this beautiful idea of it is God who does the work in you, and it is, it is, God, it is Christ who will transform us to be more glorious. And, and Paul writes that, that um, we, we await for the Lord Jesus who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. Um, so this idea of, of, of being saved, of being sanctified and, and being changed and transformed, and Paul really um, brings that home to this church. And so that we begin in chapter 4 verse 1 where he says, because um, our citizenship is in heaven, because Christ is the one who will do that change, who will, who will transform us to be more like him, he says, therefore my, my brothers in chapter 4 verse 1, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord my beloved. And this, uh, we see immediately this, uh, this idea of stand firm in what you're, what you're doing, keep pressing onward, um, and what you're doing. And so then he'll continue and I'll read the following verses and then we'll, um, we'll talk about them. So in uh, chapter four, verse two, I entreat uh, Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Uh, verse 7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your your hearts and your minds in Jesus in Christ Jesus. And so we have this um, collection of really different things. And so after uh, chapter 4, verse 1, Paul calls for unity still. Um, in chapter 2, we saw this, if there's any um, love, if there's any, um, yeah, fruit of the Spirit coming forth, make my joy complete by being like-minded and this call for this church to unify and to be together. And it seems like there are things that are difficult for them. There are, there's actually people that they are maybe even afraid of that we see in Philippians chapter 1, verse 28, to be these, these opponents that are, that are almost frightening for this church. So we see there's a bit of a difficulty. And then we also see this temptation to fall into uh, works of the law in, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, that there's this, there are these people calling for more work to be done. And um, Paul is asking that they stand firm, and he's also calling for this um, unity. And so we don't know who these characters are. Um, there have been many guesses and many speculations, but it's not really clear. Um, from what we do understand that it is just two um, leaders in this church, two women in the church who are obviously doing um, their their contention or their argument is causing um, maybe even disunity. Maybe people are siding with them and um, uh, actually the church may be suffering a lot of disunity because of this. And they seem to be people of maybe importance as Paul says they are fellow um, who have labored. These women have labored side by side with Paul in the gospel. And also with Clement, another character, we're not totally sure of who Clement is either, but he's a figure um, in this church, maybe even in church leadership, and also fellow workers, um, or the saints, as you maybe could say. Um, and so after that, Paul calls uh, the church to rejoice. Again, he says, again, I say rejoice. And um, this this word rejoice could even be translated as like a celebration or to, to somehow take joy or, or to, to choose to see things in maybe a better light than what they're seeing in that moment. Um, and then verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Um, this idea of reasonableness, or some translations, I think the NIV says gentle spirit, or um, or, or spirit, or, or gentleness be known. Um, and then the Lord is at hand, this idea of God is is close. And, and, and we see that many times Paul is, is talking and almost expecting God to be very soon coming, or, or Christ coming back very soon. Um, and then he, he talks about verse 6 and 7, which we'll dive into more, which is, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And, and this is kind of what we want to focus on today, is this idea of, of peace. And, and what, would, what would have Paul been writing here that would have meant something to that church and what they struggled with and and how can we apply that today? So as we know from this church and, and different things that Paul says, there is that struggle to press onward. There is that um, that difficulty. They're actually looking for maybe a strong leader to come in or or somebody who, you know, is has that authority. They're, like as um, I mentioned briefly earlier that maybe they're even looking for Timothy, somebody who worked beside Paul to, to kind of just help them out in the struggle that they're having. And, and there's a disunity and there's a fear of opponents and, and this temptation to go back into works and, 
And Paul actually calls them um, at least two times to brothers imitate me or, or do as I am doing. Um, and, and how Paul was taking joy in his circumstance in that moment. And, and maybe he's saying here, this is, is, is how he was taking that joy um, in this, um, yeah, in this way. And he, and he's almost calling the church. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not, do not be fearful or, or worry about all this disunity, the, maybe the struggle that they have to live out their faith in, in the city of Philippi, which is very pro-Roman as we saw um, where Paul was actually beaten for, um, yeah, for doing, uh, for um, bringing his, um, his message and, and casting out that demon-possessed girl and how they, they accused Paul actually of saying he's teaching customs that are not lawful for us to, to, to hear. And so maybe a church that is planted by Paul, perhaps they too would have suffered this persecution where people are, are judging them and blaming them for not keeping these customs that would be lawful to keep by um, Roman law. Um, interesting about Philippi is Philippi is a Roman city and it's very pro-emperor worship. And this was a cult that was um, back in the day where they would worship the emperor and there was a lot of Roman soldiers there actually. Um, we know historically it was um, created as a place for retired soldiers. And so there's a lot of loyalty to Roman ways and to, to, the, to the emperor of Rome. And so it's saying that there is another Lord which is Jesus is very, would be like blasphemous in the Roman way. And they would say, no, there's one Lord that is Caesar and, and there's no second Lord. And so maybe the church is even struggling in persecution because of saying that Jesus is Lord and, and keeping strong to that. And so, yeah, there, there's definitely maybe a lot of anxiety that is going on. And so even they're worried about Paul who is right now in prison in Rome and what's going to happen to Paul and, and how do we, who do we look to? What's our leadership? How do we how do we function? Maybe and and even now in our time, like there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of fear in in uh, the world that we are today. And, and maybe people are looking for leaders who are strong, who in uh, can can solve things and make wise decisions. And yes, we have good leadership. But maybe people are even looking for um, yeah some something to step in, somebody maybe to step up or to you know, make things change. And, and as the church and as um, us as believers, are, are, do we have that uh, maybe even same desire in us to, to look for um, other, like our pastor or our teacher, somebody who will um, step in and, and step up and help us out where we're at. Um, and so uh, Paul is challenging them to, to not be anxious, but with everything, with everything that is happening to them and their worries and maybe, um, yeah, is Paul okay? all these anxieties that they have, but with all of that, um, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And this idea of what, what you see and what you worry about all around you, you take that before God and you say, God, this is, this is where I'm at. And, and I'm going to thank, I'm going to choose to be thankful in, in this and with thanksgiving in that. And that's so key in this idea of you, you need to have joy, this, this choice of being thankful, this choice of rejoicing, and Paul's choice to, to say, oh, the gospel is being proclaimed, even as I'm in prison, I choose to take joy in that. And, and I choose to have joy while I'm in prison and things are difficult, and um, I, I don't know how this is going to go, but Paul has hope. We read that in Philippians chapter um, 1, verses uh, 19, where he's like, I know through your prayers that this will turn out through my deliverance. And Paul has this steadfast hope of, of something that he's going to get out of and he's going to, 
things are going to change because they're praying. And so he encourages them also to pray and say, you know, you're, you're praying for me, but pray with all these different anxieties. Like, bring these before God. Like, let, let that be your choice and in, in, in your worry and your anxiety. And, and the peace of God, which will surpass all of your ideas or understanding or comprehension, will guard your, your heart and your mind. And I, I did a little bit of word study with these two words of heart and mind. And, and the heart is kind of this, this idea of desire or what you desire to happen, these, these feelings, these emotions, this desire in your mind is this place of your decision-making, your process, and how you choose to make decisions. And, and so we see that the, this peace of Christ, where it's almost like Christ is, is, this way of Christ is around your heart and your mind, where all these emotions are stored, these desires, these um, maybe even these storing these anxieties and these thoughts, and your decisions in your mind, where you you're thinking through things and you're like i don't know like you're i'm analyzing this situation but it doesn't make sense and should i do this i don't know and so both of these things are are like surrounded and covered in christ and and it's beautiful that it's in christ because as paul says that you know christ is is working in you even in this time and and he says that um yeah later earlier in the in the chapter that it is yeah it is in chapter 1 verse 3 where it is for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure um, and this idea of working out your salvation and that was talked about I think a few sermons ago this idea of how do I work out my salvation and this idea of, of keeping strong and, and, and trusting that, you know, as you bring these things, God is still working in you and his peace is, is guarding you. So in, in these difficult moments, in these, in these times of anxiety that you, you say, I, I choose to, to, to pray and to come before God to, to make that connection with him. So I'm not connected to only myself. And this idea of, of connection is really important as a body because in this time of trial, Paul stresses unity so much to this church and, and says, guys, you need to be in unity. You you can't, you know, deal with all these things on your own individually and and this idea of, of being like Christ, but um, trusting this that Christ is transforming you in your seasons to 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 work in you, to to make him to make you more like him in these seasons. Um, and so even in this challenge we see Paul is is desiring that the church would be um, united and in communion with one another, but also with God through prayer um, and, and having those strong connections in their lives that they would be able to continue to choose joy in, in what is difficult and to stand firm and to um, continue to press onward, to strive towards that goal, um, which is Christ, and to not um, become overwhelmed or um, caught up in many things that are difficult. And and so I guess as application and and you know, in this time that we are also like this church where there's so much anxiety, there is so many um, things that are difficult where it's like, I mean, we almost feel like we're not in community because, you know, we can't even go and see that many people like that. That is a reality with this situation. And and so I think with the same message of the of the peace of God, how do we how do we keep going with with what is difficult? We don't change course. We we, we keep going in our prayers. We keep going and seeking to reach out to one another. We press onward, trusting that God is working in us. And, and Paul even talks about their gift. And, and I mentioned this earlier, how the Philippians were not 
necessarily a wealthy place. We read that in 2 Corinthians, how Paul talks about these churches in Macedonia who gave even out of their poverty and this idea that the church of Philippi um, gave what they could. And, and we even see in chapter 4, verse 10, that Paul rejoices that they have revived their concern and that they were indeed concerned, but they had no opportunity. They they were concerned for Paul, but they couldn't even give in some instances to him because they just didn't have anything. Um, but when they could, they did, and they and they sent um, their, I guess, uh, somebody from their church, this, this figure, Epaphroditus, who was obviously maybe trusted by the church to go to Paul with this gift. And so we see that um, there is that, uh, that idea of even giving out of what little we have and, and being, um, yeah, and, and Paul with that says, you know, and I trust that my God in verse, uh, chapter four, verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and the glory of Christ Jesus. Um, and so in that, in this time of difficulty, you know, we, we have this opportunity to, to continue to connect and to continue to find peace in that connection and in that um, spirit of faith and trusting that God is our supplier. God is the one who will um, continue to work in us for, for, his, um, yeah, for his glory and for the glory that's in Christ. And so uh, application, I would say, is how, how are you doing in this place of peace? Are you, do you find yourself constantly disconnected? And, and it's overwhelming you, this anxiety in your life where you, you don't understand, how do I move forward? How do I keep going? I, I, feel, I feel broken off from my, from my community. I feel broken off in my relationship with God. Um, I feel these struggles, this idea of maybe figuring things out, getting back into that work spirit and, and trying to make things happen now that times are tough. I got to strategize. And, and yes, I'm not saying that's bad, but at the same time, there's I think God is using this time to, yeah, maybe stop us where we're at, maybe slow us down and be, and and desire us to connect. And and often in need, that's when we're connecting with God the most, honestly. And um, yeah, just really saying, God, I I feel so disconnected from everything, but I I can always connect with you, and I have, um, yeah, that greater dependence upon you, that you would fulfill my needs that you would be the one who is growing me. Even when I don't feel like I'm growing, I'm not going to church, I, I'm watching these YouTube videos, I, how am I growing spiritually? I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. Uh, how am I growing in my love for people? I, I'm all by myself with my family and maybe you're being tested in that, I don't know. Um, and yeah, I would just encourage you to, to, to press into the community that you have, whether that's your family, press into that, um, center that on Christ. Um, and also press into the relationship you have with God in this season as well, that maybe that extra time you have that you would spend either commuting to work or, or doing something else. Press in, make that a time with the Lord. Give that um, an opportunity to, to press in and to trust what God is doing in you and, and providing for you. And yeah, that, that would be a, a place of trust for us. Um, I know in, in my life and what I see here with our um, community here. Um, obviously, we're not all in self-isolation, but um, what many people have spoken over this time is it is a time of slowing down. Yes, we don't have, we're not busy anymore in the same sense. Yes, may, like many of us still work and, and, and prepare and do things and, and reach out and teach, um, at least in my department. But I also see God as saying, um, there is this beautiful time to connect on a deeper level with me in this time. 
and, and for me personally, how, how am I connecting with God on a deeper level with maybe that extra time that I have that I didn't have before? Um, and so, and maybe you don't have any time, maybe all your time is taken away now that your kids aren't in school and, and I don't know what that looks like for you, but, uh, I, I definitely would encourage you to, to build in, in that, to build in relationship with one another and don't change course. Don't, don't change this mentality of, 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 yes, God is, is my supplier. God is the one who's working in me and, and working in my family and God is, is is bringing this to good and that's what paul was you know that's what paul was rejoicing with in prison that there was that that good coming out of what seemed like a, a horrible situation that paul's in prison he can't go anywhere anymore he can't visit the churches he can't he can no longer encourage the brothers he can't um he can't do what needs to be corrected with his authority as an apostle and and that worry could be very real in the early church and, and straightening out doctrine many of paul's letters were written for um, helping change false teachings that were going around. And now that Paul's in jail, how is he going to do that? Um, and and how is he going to still be that super evangelist that he is? And, um, you know, Paul is saying, I, I still choose to rejoice because Christ is still being preached even by others. And, and yeah, he, he found um, a joy and a hope for what is ahead, that this will turn out for my deliverance. And, and in our lives, do we hope for what is ahead, that things will, will change? Do we pray for that? Do we... Do we encourage each other to pray for that? Um, and and so these are some of the questions that um, I would encourage you to to answer in your own time and in your own in your own heart. And um, yeah, that we would keep pressing forward. That we don't change course in this season, um, but that we keep pressing forward, trusting in and hoping in what God's going to do. So I'm going to pray. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you. Um, Father, for this message to, to press forward, to not change course, to, um, yeah, God, to, to keep running the race well. And so I just pray over, yeah, your body, God, the church, that we would love one another well, Father, that we would take this time to, to reach out in ways that are, yes, challenging, but also bring um, maybe even a greater bond than, than what was before, God. I pray for those that are, in, that are in need, God. I pray you provide their needs, Lord Jesus. I pray for um, those who feel alone, God. I, I pray that your your love would um, just cover them, Father God, that you would be very real to them, God, that others would um, be stirred, Father, that we as a church would be stirred to reach out to our brothers and sisters in Christ, God. And um, I just thank you for what you're going to do. We look forward to what is ahead, to the hope that we have. Um, and what you are going to do in us and what you're going to do in this world, God. And so we just pray all this in your name. Amen. Um, have a great day.